0: Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Amen. Some people awake on, on the left over here for sure. Amen. Awesome. Uh, so grateful uh, just to be back with you this morning. Appreciate uh, Pastor Chris and just a great message that he. Uh, Shared last week, just reminding us of who we are in Christ and the the promises that we have from His Word. Uh, So grateful uh, just to be part of this faith family. Looking forward to uh, Vacation Bible School this week. You may have seen the giant loader uh, that's out front as we uh, have kind of a construction theme this week. And so very excited about that. Excited to be able to uh, just pour into the lives of children uh, and share the good news of the gospel This week with them. So grateful for all of you that are serving there. And we encourage you just to be praying uh, for that time uh, this week as we uh, gather uh, each night. Uh, You know, I, I was thinking this morning now, you know, when you have good friends, people bring you things. Early this morning in the early service, I swallowed a tic tac just before I was ready to go up and it got hung about right here. I don't know if you've ever had that happen. Uh, I thought Chris was going to have to preach again, right? Because uh, with COVID, when you're trying to extract that thing, it is not pretty. Um, uh, Not with like having COVID, but during a time of (laughs) COVID, uh, when you're coughing like that, people look at you a little bit uh, funny. And so uh, this morning, Scott Cummings uh, walks in with a brand new box of Tic Tacs. So Appreciate that, Scott. For any any time, I'll, I'll save those till after uh, this morning. Uh, anybody? I, I think Scott may be one of these people. But anybody have a problem that when you see somebody fall, and even if they're injured severely, you cannot control yourself from laughing? Anybody? <laughs> somebody, some some people are laughing already just thinking about somebody that you saw fall. That that happens sometimes. And I just want to say if you're like maybe newlyweds, and your spouse hasn't figured that out, it, these are good things to share uh, about in advance because it can create a little bit of tension along the way. Uh, I love to fly fish, and when Sherry and I had first got married, uh, I, we would go fishing, and she's not a fisherman, so she would just kind of you know get some sun on the side of the bank or just whatever uh, you know there and so we had gone fishing, and we were over on Fires Creek, and I would always wear just a pair of tennis shoes or maybe some you know, Tevas or something at that time, and I would go fish through, and uh, I found out that maybe the slickest rocks on earth are in Fires Creek over in Hazel. and so I'm fishing that day, and I'm on the the creek bank, and I'm, you know, fly fishing, and it's just kind of being just a really smooth day. She's nearby, and I'm getting ready to pass her, and I'm, you know, I'm thinking I'm really looking like something right here, you know, and all of a sudden, and I don't know about y'all, but when I fall, it's a long fall, like, like, I'm not giving in easy. I'm not going down just easy. It's gonna—I fall all the way up the creek. Like it's a—it's a horrible thing. And so I, I fall though, and and when I fall, I slip, and evidently I knocked myself out for just a little bit. I had a, a a big knot on my head. I hit pretty hard, and and I wake up to this woman who loves me so much, and and thankfully she was pulling me out of the water. Like she was, she cared. I mean, I could see that. I could see that. But as she was pulling me out of the water, she was laughing hysterically, right? I mean, they're uncontrollable. Like and, and you wake up to that, and I'm I'm immediately kind of mad, right? And so, but I figured out long term that that's just what happens. So if you ever if you ever fall and she just leaves the room, you know that it's because of that. Or if she helps you and, you're, and she's laughing, she just can't help it. It's kind of this reaction that happens, and there's even like a little syndrome for it or something. It's kind of nervous laughter that's there. And I knew she loved me a lot though. When that year, it was either for my birthday or for Christmas, she was looking after me, and she got me these awesome wading boots. Now, And on the the bottom of these boots, there's felt. And so it, for whatever reason, that stuff's like incredible on slick rocks. And so when I wear that, I still fall some because I'm kind of clumsy and all that kind of stuff, but it is a lot less, right? And so when I fish, this is the equipment that really helps me because the reality was I think she was tired of me falling, And I'll just be honest, I was tired of falling too. And as we gather this morning, you know, I just want to say when it comes, we're in the midst of the wild, you know, we're in this sermon series called Surviving the Wild, and I don't know about you, but I'm tired of falling. I'm tired of tripping up on these snares. We've, you know, we've been walking through this series, and we've looked at who our enemy is, we've looked at just this world system that we battle against, and and I'm tired of falling. And, and as you look around at one another, as you think about your families, as you think about life, I mean, we're tired of seeing each other fall. We're tired of those kind of things. And today we're gonna look in a passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter six, and we're gonna look at this exhortation right, that 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 we received to put on the whole armor of God. And we're gonna we're gonna look at that this morning, and we're gonna look at a place where uh, I believe in scripture that we can uh, be equipped to walk in the midst of this crazy world, that we can be equipped to stand, that we can uh, find uh, strength in the midst of this battle. We uh, are going to lean in over the next couple of weeks to verses 10 through 20. And I think it may be just the greatest summary in uh, the scriptures of how we can live victoriously in this Christian life. There's so much that's there. And you'll see so much of it that connects where we've been. Uh, as the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus as we see uh, this letter written. We see in the first three chapters, right, there's so much uh, about who God is, so much about uh, these things that we believe, about our salvation, about what Christ has accomplished through the cross, about uh, he says that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly, right, that we see what has been uh, obtained for us, right. The first three chapters I've heard have said uh, are about the wealth that we have as followers of Jesus Christ, right, these spiritual blessings, this, this wonderful work uh, that God in his grace uh, has given us through uh, the finished work of the cross and his great love for us. And then we see as the uh, letter continues, we see how we walk in this new life that we have in Christ, that we uh, walk in uh, a manner worthy of the calling. And then in these last verses, uh, the apostle Paul writes these words, finally. And we see him sum this up. We see him kind of end this uh, this book, this letter with this, instruction on how we battle in this spiritual war that we are in. So we see this wealth. We see that that we are to walk in a certain way. We're to live in a certain way. We see how we interact in, in the book of Ephesians with husband and wife, with with parents and kids. We see uh, just with with the faith family, the unity of the body of Christ. And then we see how we war. And today we're going to look in this passage, and we're going to look at this battle and how we, Uh, are equipped in his grace uh, to stand. Let's read Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 10 through 20 uh, together, and we'll pray and we're going to jump in. Uh, Scripture says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert and with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Father, we're grateful, Lord, for your word. And God, we are so grateful, Lord, that the strength for this battle is not found uh, in our strength but in yours. Lord, I pray, God, that in the power of your spirit, God, that you might speak to us through your word uh, today, God, that you might uh, allow us to leave differently, Lord, that we might be strengthened and encouraged in the midst of this world that we live in, Lord, that we might, uh, Lord, have, God, just a a new look, Father, at uh, this battle that we're in, Lord, at where our strength comes from, Lord, and Lord, and how we are in this together, Lord, we are so grateful for your love, for your mercy, for your grace, Father. We pray, God, that you would speak to us, that you would draw, uh, Lord, us uh, to you in the power of your spirit, Father, and that we might leave changed by your gospel. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your love for us, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Apostle Paul gives us of a in this verse 10 the very first verse that we read it gives us this this foundation really for this whole passage it really uh, is the heading for uh, the whole passage this main thought and as we think about our kids some of our kids are going back uh, to school tomorrow some of them will be going next week as we think about just this time of year as they go back to school as we enter in uh, to the midst of, of this world and our workplaces and uh, just the the craziness of this world as we live uh, in this wild we see this, uh, uh, this imperative, right? He says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, this is in the passive voice. It's not this picture of uh, of we can be strong in our strength. It's not this picture of somehow we make ourselves strong, but it's this picture of us being strong in the power of his might, being made strong by him. Now, there's differences in strength. Some of you can't fall as far up a creek as I can. Uh, There are some of you in this room that are able to lift more weights or be uh, stronger in certain areas than other people. There's this kind of picture that we can be physically Uh, stronger, that we may have uh, just some some natural giftings that are that way and uh, all those kind of things. But I want you to understand that it is a level battle when it comes to the uh, the spiritual battle that we are in, and it is level at the cross. So, how do we walk in the power of His might? How do we live in the Spirit? How do we, uh, how do we, how do we find ourselves being made strong in the Lord? And the Apostle Paul is going to give us some instruction in this passage. And we're going to have to be a people that move from self-reliance to uh, dependence on our Savior. From people that are not trying to figure out how to muster uh, enough strength of our own, but people that recognize that in the midst of this battle, that we are uh, weak, but that he is strong and we've got to rely on his strength. Pastor Chris last week gave us this picture of who we are in Christ. And we approach this passage recognizing who we are in Christ and that we trust the promises of God in our life. And we see uh, this imperative, this exhortation that we would uh, suit up. And so that's the first thing I want you to see in this passage this morning, that we are uh, to suit up. So if we're going to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, we are going to suit up. Look at verse 11. He says, but put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm Against the schemes of the devil. Now we're strong when we're dressed in his armor. Now Paul describes this full armor. It's this picture of, of a uh, full set of armor that a Roman soldier. Would wear into battle, and uh, every piece is not listed in this passage, but there's this emphasis and this understanding of the protection that this full armor uh, provides. He draws imagery from the Old Testament. We see uh, from the prophet Isaiah, who gives this picture of Yahweh and his Messiah, right, as a divine warrior, right, that he is clothed in armor and he is uh, prepared for battle as he defends and vindicates his people. Look at Isaiah 11. You can see these on the screen. Uh, you're welcome to turn there, but uh, Isaiah 11, verse 4 and 5. See, look at some familiarity. It says, but with righteousness, he will judge the poor and he will decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips and he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness, the belt about his waist. Ch- chapter 52 verse seven says, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God. Reigns. Look at verse 17 of Isaiah 59. He says, he put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. We are in a spiritual battle and we're in a battle where the weapons of this world will not work. But we are in a battle where victory has already been won. And we, as we've walked through this series, we said, listen, we fight from Victory, But the reality is that many of us are slipping, many of us that are followers of Jesus Christ as we walk in the midst of this world, we are uh, being impaled with these fiery darts of Satan and we're falling to temptation and we're, we're walking in our own strength and we're finding ourselves beat up in the battle. In verse 12, he gives us a reminder of this battle and he says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the ruler's against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. He says, therefore, in light of this battle, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Now, he gives two imperatives in the first part of this. We see this... uh, this imperative to be strong, like right? this is what we are to do. Uh, he says that we're to be strong and that we're to take up the full armor of God. And then in verse 14, we're gonna see him with this command that we are to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, verse 14 says, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, we're to stand firm against evil. We're to stand firm in the midst of this crazy world. And here's this truth that we Uh, We know, uh, but many times we come into this battle kind of unaware and many times the evil that we are uh, finding around us, the things that are there, we don't see it as so bad until all of a sudden we're so far in that destruction Is at hand, right? We have an enemy. Our adversary, the devil, roams about as a roaring lion. He's looking for someone to devour. He is the father of lies. He is a liar. The truth is not in him. And in order for us to recognize these lies, we have got to know the truth. As we think about our kids going back to school, it's not so much that we protect them, that we can protect them, and and all that we should do, uh, we should do to protect them from the evil one, to protect them from the lies. But the success in the battle that that they will find is from knowing the truth. And we see in this passage, we see this is where the Apostle Paul starts out, right? We see he says, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Now, that's not a real common greeting did anybody come to church today or maybe, you know, leave last week and on the way out, somebody's like, hey, hope you have a good week. And by the way, don't forget to gird your loins, okay? Y'all should try that, like at Walmart. Just be like, how you doing? I'm doing good. I got my loins girded. I'm, I'm ready. Like, it's, it's a good day. Um, I mean, that's kind of crazy language, right? And, and, and so we've got to understand what it looked like in this time and what the, the, the initial hearers of this, what the initial readers would understand about this, right? We see uh, that in uh, this picture, there, there would have been these long flowing robes, right, that would have been worn by men and women in Jesus's day and, and these tunics that in order for them to battle and in order for a soldier to be ready for battle, you would have to take up this tunic or this almost dress looking type thing, Right? And, and, and you would have this, you would have to take that up, and you would have to gird it up. You would have to, to kind of tuck that in, and you would put a belt around that that would hold this together. And so when we think about this belt of truth, it's the thing kind of holding all this armor together. And he says, having your your loins girded with truth, this belt of truth. And so before uh, a soldier could fight, before they could do anything, a soldier that was going into battle would never uh, just be going into battle just apathetic to that, then not having their loins girded, not having that tucked in and ready, not being ready. Ready for this battle and so we see uh, this this picture of this soldier that's tightening his belt that's ready uh, for uh, action we, we, we could probably relate to a football player that buttons up his chin strap right that adjusts his pads that gets ready for the game right that is in that kind of of Mitt, right, and we see this thought of of girding up, right, and getting ready. There's this thought of we're being prepared for battle. We recognize that we're in a battle, and it's not this picture that we just kind of put that on when we go outside, because the reality is we know Satan is looking to attack whenever he can. Uh, Some of the kids, that as they're getting ready uh, for school, I can remember when my little boy was small, he would wear the clothes, like on the first day of school, he would put all the clothes on that he was going to wear that next day and have them completely ready, like socks, Everything but his shoes, right? He would be in the bed ready because on that first day of school, he was going to be ready. Like when he rolled out of bed, he, he was going to head out, right? Anybody like that? Like some people, anybody get dressed for church last night? Hopefully not, right? Like, I don't want to be late, right? So there, but, but here's this kind of picture, right? He is ready uh, to go and, and we have got to be prepared and we've got to recognize that there's a battle going on because Satan's attacking at all times. Chuck Colson read some just articles from him, and one of those was just a really neat perspective, and I think it's so true in the midst of our culture. And, and and what, just in summary of what I gleaned from all of it, it was just this picture of him uh, seeing the American society that we live in, and there's just this mindless saturation of media. I don't know if you experience that in your life, but I see that in my own life. We have this mindless saturation of media. I don't know uh, how many hours you can, you know, track this on your phone, but that you might look just scrolling and tracking and, and going through mindless saturation of media. We're in a time where we can't stand for it to be quiet. And right? it feels awkward when there's long pauses. It feels awkward when there's no noise at home. We've forgotten to know what it is like to be still and focus on God. And we have this mindless saturation of media. And what we find in this media, what we find uh, in this world system and the things that are there is, is we find garbage heaped upon garbage. And so there's this constant saturation. And as we scroll, there's so many things that are just piling on top and it's garbage upon garbage and it's heaped on there and sinless behavior is paraded and it's seemingly everywhere. And Colson says, listen, it's left us worn out. It's left us exhausted. It's left us tired. It's left us in a place where uh, we're worn out mentally and we don't have discernment, right? And, and we see all these things coming in. Does anybody ever just feel exhausted from just inundation of all this stuff, right? We're just, we can't process it all. And it's amazing when all of a sudden we can pull back from that. And And we need time, right? There, there's a There's a reality. We were talking before service, and we were talking just about how sometimes it seems like just walking in this Christian life can be so difficult, and it can be so much of a battle, and we're tired of falling. We're doing all those things. We don't spend time with the Father. We don't get alone with Jesus. We don't get alone with God. And He intends for all of our life to be lived out of an overflow of that kind of time. We've got to walk into this battle, and we've got to have a worldview, a worldview that is is saturated and rooted in his word, in the truth about who God is, in the full counsel of God's word. Right? We, many of us, we follow Christ, but the statistics are alarming at the number of Christians that have never read through even the New Testament, uh, of the number of believers that have never read through the scriptures. And there's this. Reality that we have got to have a worldview that is consistent with the full counsel of God's word, the truth about who God is, the truth about who we are, the truth about this world, and we are made strong by the truth of his word, by the full counsel of that, by, by the gospel, and we are resolved to live in light of that truth. So not only do we do we understand this truth if we're going to walk in success in the midst of this battle. But we've got to live in this truth. We can't just have knowledge that we know about. We've got to say, you know what, I've got a role in this, right? I need to gird up my loins. There's some of us that need to just tighten up our belt a little bit. There's some of us that need to recognize, hey, we've been loose in the midst of this battle. We've been allowing some of these things to just continually inundate our lives. And we've got an understanding that that we need to not only know the truth, but we need to walk in the truth and that Jesus is truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And we've got to walk in that. You know, we're reading scriptures scriptures that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. We need to be a people that have decided long beforehand. If you're a young person in here, you need to decide how you're going to deal with temptation before temptation is in your face. You need to decide how you're going to date and the way that you're going to walk in integrity and the things that you're going to do. And those decisions have got to be made uh, long before all those things are there. You're saying, listen, I'm I'm going to walk in the truth. I'm going to live as an overflow of what God is doing in my life in light of his truth, in light of His word. We need to buckle up tighter. The breastplate of righteousness. Now, this breastplate could have been a a metal piece that would have covered the front of uh, a soldier. Uh, It could have been, uh, some people say that it was a more of like a chainmail that when some of the best outfitted soldiers and the ones that had the best equipment would have worn and it would have protected both the front and back. And regardless of what exactly that looked like. The, the purpose of this breastplate, right, was to protect these vital organs, mainly the heart, right? And that's what righteousness does. He says that we uh, are to, to be, uh, to have this uh, breastplate of righteousness, right? That we, that we have a righteousness and Paul gives us this picture and what we need to understand is that the righteousness that we have comes from God alone. The righteousness that we experience as followers of Jesus Christ, I want you to look at your neighbor, and if they're a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to look at them and say, you are righteous. Maybe you haven't said that to your wife or your husband or somebody in a little bit. You are righteous, right? Now, there's this picture that that there's this, this righteousness that comes from God alone, righteousness that we didn't earn, that we... Couldn't uh, earn on our own, that we didn't deserve, that we couldn't buy, that our good deeds uh, didn't produce, right? You're not righteous because all of a sudden you said, Hey, I- I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to live better. I hear people sometimes say, You know what? I'm going to come to church one day, uh, but I've got to get myself uh, together. I've got to get all these things right in my life. Yeah, one day I may trust Christ for salvation. One of these days uh, I, I want to uh, be a Christian, but I'm going to have to get all these things. I'm going to have to make all these things right in my life. But the reality is that that is not how. It works Romans 3 verse 22 says even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe Listen this righteousness theologians would call it justification And and there's this this gracious work of God where he declares righteous believing sinners where God Looks at us and when we place our faith and trust and we believe the gospel that that we uh, Receive the righteousness of Christ right this this picture that he declares righteous the believing Sinner God forgives the believer's sin and imputes to him the righteousness of Christ. Man, this declaration of innocence that is given freely to followers of Jesus Christ, the moment that they are saved, not based on their good works, but based on the finished work of cross. And what we find in this world is Satan, It roams about and he whispers uh, to believers. He says, you're not good enough. You're not able. But I want you to remember this. Jesus is. And the righteousness that we have comes from him. And then there's something beautiful. We have this righteousness immediately credited to our account, right? We have this, this uh, imputed righteousness of Christ that makes us right before God positionally And then practically as we continue to live our life, what's true of us positionally when we place our faith and trust in Jesus, when we are saved, what's true of us positionally, God continues to work out in us practically as we live the Christian life. This practical righteousness that flows out of this positional righteousness and the righteousness that we flesh out in our life, the righteousness that we experience is a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so it starts in that order. We are made right and then we become right. We are are made right by God, this righteousness by faith alone that then results in right living that is still by faith. James would tell us that true faith results in transformed lives. That if we're walking with Christ, that, that scripture says that he who began a good work in us will see it through to the day of completion In Christ Jesus, that He is continually working to conform us to the image of His. Son, right? We see uh, Adam and Eve uh, created, right, uh, to reflect God's image, right, placed in the garden. And we see sin uh, has broken fellowship with God. We see uh, just this brokenness. And we uh, looked at our own lives. We looked at the flesh. We looked at, at this sin nature that we have. We look uh, at this design that God has for to, to reflect His image. And once we are in Christ and we are saved and given His righteousness and then are conformed uh, day by day practically to look like Him. We reflect his image to this world. Charles Wendall says this, that Satan tries desperately to convince us that God can't bridge the gap our sins have created. He hopes to plant seeds of doubt of God's infinite grace. He lobs missiles of guilt and shame and condemnation toward us, tempting us to believe that the love and forgiveness of God must be conditional. But when we stand firm in the knowledge that God has declared us righteous based solely on the blood of Christ, It empowers us to live holy lives by the Holy Spirit alone, and the devil and his wicked workers must retreat in defeat. We must be made righteous before we become righteous practically. We are made right through faith in Jesus Christ, and then uh, in his goodness and by his grace, he works in our life uh, to allow us to do right, to conform us to the image of his son. Some of that sits and we kind of wrestle with that. There's so much of a mentality sometimes that says, hey, I've got to do all these things so I can get to God. I've got to have all these things. I've got to do these works. I've got to do these things. But we come to God by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone, right? We, We see This picture in the scriptures, the leaders of the church of England, they had placed John Bunyan, the author of Pilgrim's Progress in in prison for preaching the gospel. And they told him, he said, you know, you can't go on telling people that God's acceptance of them is not based on how they behave. You can't do that. If they believe that, they'll go around doing whatever they want to do. And I love what Bunyan said. He said, no, if they grasp Christ's righteousness has been given to them entirely as a gift, they'll do whatever he wants. When we experience the grace of God, it changes. When we have truly experienced his goodness and the saving grace of God, it is incredible what it does in our lives. Verse 15, he says, And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We see these uh, Roman soldiers would wear these heavy sandals, and they would have uh, these hollow, uh, basically, little hobnob clogs on those things almost like cleats that you would see uh for the kind of picture of that uh like football and soccer cleats it would give traction in the midst of the battle it would prevent them from sliding prevent them uh from slipping and and here's the the the, picture of all this doesn't matter so much exactly what they looked like and all those things uh, that are there but the footing that we have the strength that we have in the midst of this battle is our peace with God we read in Ephesians 2 that it is Christ who secured this peace for us and that we have peace with God right remember in Luke 2 14 uh, the angels right they said glory to God in the highest right it is all for the glory of him and he says his glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Now he didn't say that there was going to be this picture of, of peace on earth, but on earth peace. All this goes together, right? The, the, the angels announced this good news that we can have peace with God. And as a result, God receives glory. As Christ lives through us, though, we also have peace with others. Romans 8 says that there's therefore there... No, therefore, now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and when we recognize right that we uh, have that uh, we are secure right that our peace with God is secure, we are able to stand firm we are able to stand against the wiles of the devil, against his taunts, against all of these attacks that we face, and not only can we do that, we can advance and we can declare the good news of the gospel that peace is available that that God uh, has allowed us right to that, that peace with God in the midst of this troubled world is available. And we declare the good news of the gospel. Verse 16, it says, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, of with of which, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil, evil one. It's by grace through faith that we're saved. It is by grace through faith that we are made righteous. It is by grace uh, through faith in Christ that we live righteous. It is by grace that we are able to stand in the midst of this war as we are strengthened in the power of his might. It is by his grace that the fiery darts of the enemy are extinguished. And we daily are reminded of that. This shield that we would see pictured here is a large shield. It would be a picture of covering the whole uh, body. It would be something that would extinguish. There would be this other armor that was there, but there would be this large uh, shield. And and the enemy cast these lights and these flaming arrows trying to cause us to question the truth of what Chris said last week. Does, does God really, is this really who I am in Christ if I'm facing these difficult situations? Am I, does God really love me if these things are there? Could God really forgive me? Could all these things, they doubt us to 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 believe the truth of who we are in Christ. They tempt us to fall uh, to these, these lies of Satan, to the to the lust of the flesh, right? That we can find satisfaction in something other than Christ, that we can find satisfaction in something other than a relationship with God. They, they tempt us with the lust of the eyes, right? That if we just had more, if the possessions of life, maybe it's power, right? The, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, that if we uh, just our position was greater, if we just were this much better in our workplace, if we had this much, if we had that, all of those things, right? These arrows are coming, but the reality is that they are coming at us, but with the shield of faith, they are extinguished. The one thing I want you to see in this, and... Uh, when I read this and, and many through many years I would read this passage and I would think uh, of this just individually in my life and, and many of us probably have done that we read that and we say I'm to get up this morning and I'm to, to take the shield of faith and I'm to put on uh, the, the full armor of God the helmet of salvation the belt of truth uh, we, we think about how all those things look but I want you to see something in this passage and I want to see the last thing I want to share from me is that we stand together so we stand firm we uh, suit up we do those things but we stand together the English translation Doesn't give us a very good picture uh, of this, and it doesn't easily show it. But these imperatives that we talked about through this section—they are plural. These words we interpret them many times as if they're addressed to individuals, and there's great relevance there. We should think about those things as individuals, but we should also understand that Paul's instruction to the church—that collectively, that we would suit up together, that we would. collectively put on God's armor, and that the body of Christ would stand together as one person. And we live, we live in a place. And here's what Satan's doing. You look around at our culture, you look around at our society, you look around at... at, people that are believers, you look around all of these things, and there is division, and there's destruction, and and Satan, that's his math, right, is division. He wants to distract, and he wants uh, to discourage, and he wants to cause those kind of things, but the picture of this is that we would stand together. You'll see a picture on the screen uh, of these shields that that we would see uh in battle. and you'll see how together there's this picture of what can take place there's this picture of of these shields that we come together as the body of christ and we we recognize that we're tired of seeing uh the enemy uh destroying we're tired of seeing the destruction among god's people and that we as followers of jesus christ would say you know what we are a body of believers and when one of us hurts all of us hurts and we are together in this battle and we have a responsibility to god and to one another that we would uh, that we would walk together in the spirit, right? If we're going to survive, we are to walk that way. You'll see that circle there that is just looking and defending from all around Philippians 127, we read this, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, right? There's a picture of all this work that God is doing, but then there's this call that we might together strive. Together, that we might strive for the faith of the gospel. Together, we survive in the midst of this wild and we survive together. We watch out for one another. There's unity around the gospel, there's unity around the mission. See, we have a common enemy. A lot of times, we get confused and we think the enemy is somebody that's around us. And I just want to turn on the news one day and the news anchor get up and say, Hey, you want to know what's going on in this world? There's a battle that's raging and there's an invisible war that's behind it. There's an agenda and there's all these things. And the only way that we'll win is that if we walk in victory in the spirit of Jesus Christ and as the church of Christ we've got to remember that we have a common enemy and his name is Satan and we battle together we stand together we put on the armor of God and we walk together we look at one another you know we see in cancer and other types of things that early detection so many times is the key. And it's so important as the body of Christ that we begin to watch out for one another, that we begin to stand together because Satan has these darts flying, and he has those things. And we who are spiritual, uh, Scripture would mean those who are, are spiritual, those who are Christians, those that have the Spirit of God. Galatians would tell us that in the spirit of meekness that we would restore one, in the, that when we see a brother that's overtaken in a fault, when we see the enemy attacking and we see family struggle, and we see things going on, that we as the body of Christ would rush to that and that we would put those shields up and we would end love, right, with love for them and with care for them, that we would walk together and we would stand firm, right, that we would stand together in the grace that is in Christ. We have a common enemy and we have a common mission, right? That we are to go into all the world and that we are to proclaim the good news of the gospel, right? We are to walk together. We are a body of believers that we stand together. We stand firm. We suit up for battle. We gird up our loins. When you see your brother and say, hey, I hope you're girded up today, right? Because we are in a battle and we, we stand together. And when we do that, The enemy has no power. The enemy is a defeated foe. We walk in the Spirit. We walk together. I want to encourage you this morning. I don't know all the things that are going on in lives all over the room, but I know that for me, I'm tired of falling. I'm tired of the the, the lies of the enemy. I'm tired of the whispers that uh, cause us to be ineffective in our witness. I'm tired of those kind of things, And, and I want to stand Stand firm, right in the grace that's in Christ, and it's by His grace that we walk in this battle. And I want to encourage you this morning that you would find help in the midst of this battle for your time of need. That that we can cast all of our cares on Him. That we can come to Him. That we can be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Right there, that we have an enemy, but we have a Savior, and we we stop the self-reliance that we're going to do it on our own and that we're going to stand on our own and we come in total dependence and surrender to him. And not only is it by grace through faith that we are saved, but it's by grace through faith that we are sustained and that we are one day sanctified in his presence, that we are glorified, right? That God's work continues to work in our lives and we submit to him. We yield to the spirit in our lives. We, We crucify the flesh. We deny ourselves and we live for him. As we close today, I want to encourage you. Maybe you're here this morning, and you've said, "You know what? I've been waiting to come to church. I finally came to church, but I've been waiting to, you know, I've been thinking about surrendering my life to Christ. I've been, you know, feeling the just this this burden to uh, just to lay down." my sin and to follow Christ but I've been waiting to get my life right. I've been waiting to, I, I've been saying to myself, you know what I'm going to have to get rid of these things, I'm going to have to do these things I'm going to have to get this part of my life right and then I can be part of a group and then I'm going to have to get this part of my life right and then I can be part of a church I want you to understand something, when you come and surrender to Jesus Christ and and the Spirit of God uh, gives you the righteousness of Christ. is when we repent and believe by faith and then God will work in your life and He'll take care of those things that are in your life. You'll be able to get rid of those things and to walk in His grace and in His spirit and so I want to encourage you this morning not uh, to come and say I'm going to get all these things and I'm going to make these things right and then I'm going to come to Christ but you might come to Christ and you might say God make me right God I surrender my life to you maybe you're here and you're in the midst of a battle and the darts are flying and the things are there and you need you need the strength of Christ come to him independence and he will strengthen you in the power of his might you can be made strong in Christ. The ground is level in the spiritual battle, and we all are weak and in need of his strength. We all are in need of his strength, and, and here's the reality. As we see this command plurally for us to walk together, as we see this command plurally for us to suit up in the armor, we need each other. There are people that God has placed in your life that need your strength, that need the shield that you're carrying, that need that around them, that you might love them and that you might walk with them and that you might show God's grace in the way that you love and the way that Christians, the Bible says that we'll be known by our love. May we be people that are sharing the light of Christ with this world. May we be people that when we see our social media accounts and we see the way that we interact, that we would see people that are glorifying God and that are sharing the good news of the gospel, that are not just mindlessly engaging in all this media, but are intentionally engaging in this world for the glory of his name. We are in a battle, but victory has already been one father we pray God that in these moments Lord that you might strengthen us Lord we pray God for those uh, that feel like they are just being beat up in this battle Lord that the darts of the enemy just continue to come Lord I pray that there might be believers Lord that you would burden to surround them Lord that you might uh, that you might encourage them Lord with others of the body of Christ Lord I pray God that you might Give them strength in the power of your spirit, Lord, that we might intentionally deny ourselves and we might intentionally recognize, Lord, that we bring nothing to the table, Lord, that we are weak in our own strength, that our flesh is weak. It desires the wrong things. It always is pursuing the wrong way. But that the spirit of God, Lord, is, is, is leading us, Lord, and, and, and we are the yield to your spirit. God, I pray, Lord, that in the power of your spirit, you might speak to us. Lord, that there might be someone here that that would just lay down their lives and surrender to you this day, Lord, and that you might make them right. Lord, that you might uh, give them peace with God through the power of your spirit, God, as they believe, Lord, as they repent and trust you for salvation. Father, we love you. We pray, God, for your will and way in our lives, Lord. If there's any needs, Father, we pray, God, uh, Lord, that you would allow them to be laid at your feet, Lord, and that you would meet them, Lord and that you would allow us to be legs and parts of the work that you're doing, Lord, in the body of Christ, that we might proclaim, Lord, on one mission, Lord, the glory of your name to this world. Lord, we love you. We pray for your will and way in Jesus' name. Amen. would you stand with me this morning as we worship? If God speaks to your heart, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to to come alongside you in the midst of the battle. Maybe you even need strength this morning. Maybe you need to trust Jesus for the first time just to come and surrender to him.